Welcome to this week's edition of the All Saints Lutheran Church podcast. All Saints is a congregation of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. We are located in Davenport, Iowa. Each week we bring you the digital edition of the weekly sermon. Enjoy! The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist an evildoer. But if anyone strikes you on the right cheek, turn the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your coat, give your cloak as well. And if anyone forces you to go one mile, go also the second mile. Give to everyone who begs from you, and do not refuse anyone who wants to borrow from you. You have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, so that you may be children of your Father in heaven. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. For if you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Do not the tax collectors do the same? And if you greet only your brothers and sisters, what more are you doing than others? Do not even the Gentiles do the same? Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. When I was in seminary, I took this youth ministry class. Actually, I took all the youth ministry classes. But this last one that I took, we had to do this huge class project. We were gearing up for the National Youth Gathering. And the project we decided to do, it must have been a weak and crazy moment that we all had collectively, is we decided to write a musical. I mean a full-fledged, two-act musical based on the Gospel of Luke, and it was called Most Excellent Theophilus. And I was, of course, elected to direct it, having almost an MFA in theater directing. That seemed to be the natural choice. And we ended up performing this play, this musical, at least six times at the National Youth Gathering in Atlanta. Well, when it came time for casting, I knew exactly which seminary student in our class was going to get the role of Peter. To me, he was the epitome of who Peter is. He was this massive guy. He was like six foot four, and he was about 270 pounds with this scruffy hair and this bright red beard, and he was just this gentle teddy bear of a guy. He was a perfect pastor. That was the one, you know, if you were ever going to vote, who's going to be the perfect pastor? It was going to be him. And so that was to me who had to be Peter. Well, every day that we did rehearsals, the six, eight weeks, whatever it was, we ended up doing, getting ready to perform and tour and then do the national youth gathering. Every day we would have rehearsals. At some point we would break and of course we would do devotions. And at one point, this text from 1 Corinthians, our second lesson for this morning, came up as the devotional text. And this guy was sitting there and he was set his jaw. It was not a guy you would ever see angry. And it wasn't so much that he was angry, but you knew he was upset. And it finally came around to be his turn to share his thoughts about the text. And he says, you know what? He goes, I have always despised this lesson from Corinthians. Because my whole life, I have heard nothing but this text thrown at me, that the body is a temple. 
He said, even when I was in elementary school, I was bigger than all the other kids. When I was in junior high, he goes, I was five foot ten in junior high. I was bigger than everybody, and everybody thought I was just fat. And he goes, and I heard about it my whole life. Well, your body's a temple, your body's a temple, your body's a temple. He goes, it went on. He goes, even in college, everybody made the assumption by looking at me that I must play football, you know, because I'm just a big guy. He goes, one day, he goes, I just got so sick and tired. He goes, it was the last person. He goes, it was probably a bad choice. I believe it was a friend of his grandmother's who said to him, don't you know, honey, that the body is a temple? And he said, and if that's true, then some of us are meant to be cathedrals. (laughs) And I happen to like that. I think some of us are cathedrals, and I'm okay with that. The problem is that we use this text as if it is that that somehow is our lesson, that you got to eat right, that you got to do things right, that you got to exercise. Now, believe you me, I'm not telling you not to do those things. Do not walk out of Pastor Lisa's sermon and go, we never have to exercise and I can eat straight chocolate. Well, maybe the chocolate thing's okay, right? You know me well enough. The chocolate thing's okay. Um, But you do. You should exercise, right? You need to take care of yourself. The thing is, what we miss is we miss the second half of this lesson. The second half of that same verse, not only does it say the body is a temple, it then goes on to say, and the spirit dwells in you. Could any of you quoted that? Probably not. Y'all had heard the body's temple, body's temple, and we stopped there. And the spirit dwells in you. And the very next verse goes on to say, and it is holy. If your body, if you are a temple, cathedral, or whatever you are, then you are holy. You. Craig is holy. Lori is holy. Stan is holy. Pat is holy. Amanda is holy. You are each individually holy because God's spirit dwells in you. And the rest of our lessons, I'm sure yours don't look quite like mine. Mine are all marked up. The rest of our lessons tell us exactly then how it is we're supposed to live our lives if we are supposed to live like God's Spirit is dwelling in us and if we are to to present ourselves as holy people. And so our first lesson gives us many of the commandments and even many more. It goes into much more detail than the Exodus commandments. And it goes on and it says, you shall not steal and you shall not lie and you shall not defraud your neighbor and it goes on and on. And our second lesson from 1 Corinthians, it too says, if the body is a temple and God's spirit dwells in you, then it goes on to say, then if you think you are wise, then you must be a fool. And it reverses the tables on us. And even the gospel lesson goes on to say, if somebody slaps you on the right Turn and offer them the other cheek. Love your enemies as you love those who love you. And we're told exactly how it is we're supposed to model our lives. Again, we get caught up in the fact that it's easy to love people we love, isn't it? People that are like us. How many of you have grandmas or have had grandmas? Miss Raina, you better raise your hand. Grandma's sitting in the pew with you today. There you go. And grandmas are pretty special people, aren't they? Do you love your grandma? Yeah? Why do you love grandmas? What do they do? Amanda. 
They cook really good chili. Yeah. Grandmas are almost always good cooks. It must be a prerequisite. Audrey. Grandmas smell good. All right. Grandmas smell good. My grandma always smelled like spearmint gum. I would always curl up to her next to church and she would hand over gum to me. Grandmas give you cookies, don't they, Raina? Yes. Grandmas take you to McDonald's. No? They do fun things with you. My kid's grandma is an artist and she does amazing things with her grandchildren. And grandmas spoil you rotten, don't they? It's easy to love grandmas. It's even easy to love your friends. Even if there are times when your friends drive you a little bonkers, we still love our friends. But what about the people that are difficult to love? What about the kid in the hallway that trips you when you're going to your locker? What about the boss who takes credit for all the good things and then blames you for all the bad stuff? What about the coworker who sits next to you at the computer next to you and blames you for all the stuff that didn't get done that day? What about the parishioner who you thought was your friend who yelled at you and didn't agree with you and stomped and threw a fit? Then it gets a little harder, doesn't it? Yes, it does. It's not always easy to love. God never said it was going to be easy. But he clearly gives us a message of how it is we're supposed to behave and how we come to these understandings. I want you to picture in your mind's eye now. Close your eyes if that's easier for you. And I want you to picture that person you really don't get along with. That enemy, that person that drives you absolutely crazy. The one that if they walked in this room, you would do everything to go out the opposite door. That you would do everything in your power to avoid. You got that person figured out? You all know who it is. You probably knew before I got to my second sentence who it was going to be. How is it that you live with that person? How is it that you come to terms with that person? How is it that you love that person? Are you able to do that? What would you say to that person if you could speak words of love to them? What would you say? It wouldn't be easy, would it? What would you say? Mm, yeah. You would say things in I language. I've been hurt. I forgive. I need to, to know. The things that we say are things so that we, we don't attack, but that we speak the truth in love and we handle each other with kindness. It's not always an easy thing to do, but it is what we are called to do and be as the church of Christ and who God is calling us to be as a people that are holy, living a life of God's temple. I invite you to think on that as Sharon continues to carry us through the confession. Thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the podcast from All Saints Lutheran Church in Davenport, Iowa. Please know that you are welcome to visit and worship with us anytime you're in the Quad Cities. You can also find us online at www.allsaintsdavenport.org. 
We are missionaries proclaiming Christ, and we pray that you have a blessed week surrounded by his love.